0: Before I pray as I normally do for the homily, um, this is one of my absolute favorite gospel passages. Um, but I'm not going to preach on it today for, I guess, r- obvious reason. So I'd encourage you to to this week to spend some time praying with this gospel passage. And there's uh, two different resources. If you have them, then I would encourage you to kind of supplement your your praying through and meditating with this passage. The first is the catechism, the beginning section of the catechism on prayer. So there are four sections of the catechism. The fourth section is on prayer. And the beginning section is just two and a half pages or so. And it it references this passage about prayer because this is kind of just a fundamental teaching about prayer and discipleship and our relationship with the Lord, just deeply rooted in this gospel passage. The second is one of my favorite books. You've you've heard me mention before, Mother Teresa's Secret Fire. In in the back of that book, Father Lankford has a 10-part meditation on this passage that is like a secret fire. It is so good. So if you have that book, I'd encourage you to flip in the back and to pray through, through that meditation. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire to do. We pray, Lord, that you would make our minds and our hearts and our souls fertile soil for the gospel, that your word may bear great and abundant fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate the scriptures, the mysteries of the faith, the, faith, the face of Jesus to us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Peace be with you. These are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples as they were locked in the upper room in fear after his death. His suffering right after his crucifixion after his death and his burial they're really their whole life just changed completely in that moment so many questions so many fears so many worries so many doubts and so they're just just alone afraid locked in the upper room and you know all we're in the middle of this response to the coronavirus and um there's tons of different opinions on what that response is or how that response should be. But the, the simple fact of it is we're all here. And it's happening. And, and all of our lives are changed on some level because of it. No matter where we are in the spectrum of completely freaking out to this is all ridiculous or anywhere in between, that we need to come to the Lord just with the honesty of our hearts. We need to come to the Lord with the honesty of our hearts and kind of try to, like, acknowledge wherever we are and acknowledge the reality of the situation. I know I think, for me, my, my heart particularly, just because I'm pastor here, I think of a number of different people, but of the LSU community, our students, faculty, staff, like an abrupt end to a semester, for some an abrupt end, To their college career. Um, I think, particularly, of the poorer communities and how this is affecting them health wise, economic wise. uh, so, So many things, right? We just have so many questions and thoughts, and our emotions can be all over. And the Lord comes in the midst of that as He came in the midst of the upper room and He says, Peace. And when Jesus speaks peace, it's not just a cute word, it's not just a suggestion. That God's word is creative. God's word is efficacious. Scriptures tell us that it is God's word, his breath, his speaking that brought something out of nothing creation. That God's speaking, it is his speaking into existence, creation at all. And it is the word of God, right, in the flesh that came and brought salvation and sanctification to our lives and to our world and redemption. And so when Jesus, in the upper room, he speaks peace to the disciples who are enwrapped in fear and confusion and anger and worry and questioning, there is an an efficacy of it because it is the power of the Holy Spirit that enters in. For us, as we are, again, whatever emotions that we're experiencing need to be open To the Lord speaking peace to us, because He is speaking it, and it's a matter of like, are we going to just open up just a little bit to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit that the Lord can enter into our lives? Now, if you read uh, the letter that I sent via email, put on the website, you know this this peace of Jesus, which is efficacious, which is powerful, doesn't always fix all of our practical reality, right? It doesn't, it doesn't change the fact like if we are like, okay, Lord, peace, great, awesome, then the coronavirus doesn't disappear. It's here. But the peace of God gives us a groundedness in him, a spiritual depth that no matter whatever is happening to us, that we are rooted in the Lord and in him. And it gives us what St. Paul talks about, this peace beyond all understanding and a strength and a power and a perseverance and even a wisdom and a counsel of how to respond most appropriately in the midst of our daily life. And yes, the Lord does change practical circumstances. And we need to pray for that. We need to pray, and I'll speak about that a little bit later on like practical things to do. Pray like, God, come in and move come in and change things, but mostly what he needs to change is is our interior life, deepening our connection with him. And so what what are, like how do we move forward, right? Again, wherever you are on the spectrum of what you think or believe about what's going on, and just let us be humble enough to be obedient to what both the medical professionals and our, our state and local and federal officials are asking us to do. No one is asking us to do anything immoral. <laughs> They're not. And so, you know, let us just, like, follow the practical guidelines. And even if you're not concerned with your own health, then just the reality that we could potentially be a carrier for someone who is more compromised, who is more susceptible to this being more difficult for them. So just imprudence, in, in humility. Uh, I'm not going to list what those things are. You can find them on the CDC website. You can find them on our state government website, the Louisiana Health Department, all the things. Just imprudence. Let us follow those things. And again, um, I think with this, the most important thing for us at this moment, and really at every moment of our life, so... we're we're living in this for a period of time. We don't know how long this period of time is, but we need to take the spiritual lesson from this, is that at every single moment of our life, we need to be fully entrusting ourselves to God's providence. Like, total surrender to Him. Whatever it is. That when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who remains in me will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's not like apart from me you can do some things. Apart from me, you can just sin. That's the only thing that we can do apart from the Lord. apart from him, we can do nothing that brings about, that bears good fruit. And so to remain in him and like just to surrender and submit ourselves to the Lord, to entrust ourselves to him, to, we are an incarnational being, body and soul. And so we need to do the things, like part of all the practical things is like, how are we being good stewards of our health and the health of others that the Lord has given us? Very important. But a higher priority is our spiritual health. Like our physical priority, very important. The physical health of other people, Very important but our spiritual health is above that. And surrendering ourselves totally and completely to the Lord and asking him, like recognizing that God never wills evil, never wills it whatsoever, but he allows it to happen. But what we can do in this moment by surrendering all these things to him is we can say, okay, Lord, you have allowed this to happen and this is present. So I, in an act of faith individually and as a community, especially as we celebrate the Holy Mass, Lord, I believe and I entrust and I ask you to bring about a greater good, a greater building up of the kingdom of God, a greater salvation of souls than if if this never would have happened you might think, well, Father, I mean, like, what are you talking about? What's there? I mean, that's, that's just the cross. Right? The cross is the greatest tragedy that has ever happened. It's the incarnate Son of God. It's completely unjust, totally unjust, completely innocent. God himself in the flesh was crucified for our sin. But in the, the greatest tragedy, right, the greatest injustice of the world, the Lord brought about the greatest victory, the redemption, the sanctification, and the salvation of the world. And so whatever difficulty it is in our lives, whether it be currently the, the, the coronavirus or, or, and all of its practical effects in our life, that we need to surrender it to the Lord in total faith and total confidence that Lord I Lord, I trust that you can bring a greater good out of this. when I say greater good i 'm talking about the building up of the kingdom of God and the salvation of souls. The victory of the Lord does not always look like victory to the world again that 's why we lift up the cross we 're used to it now in a certain sense, and sometimes we 're a little numb to the reality but but in early, for early Christianity, when they're lifting up the cross, the Romans are like, you guys are idiots. That's why they crucified Jesus. Because they're like, yeah, this is embarrassing. And this is going to deter you from ever doing anything again. Right? Oh, no, we, we proclaim the cross. Uh, what? Yes, because our God used it to bring about redemption and victory and power and salvation. And so in the midst of our lives, again, whether it's now, whether it's in 10 years, whatever it is, whether, you you know, you stub your toe, like we just bring all of that to Jesus, Lord, you can bring about a greater good from this. And this greater good is is ultimately the building up of his kingdom and the salvation of souls, all the while working on a practical level. Like, again, because we're incarnational beings, it's not about forgetting our lives, and forgetting the health impact, the economic impact, and all those things. Like, we need to work with great vigor to bring those things to justice as well, too. But in perspective, that the Lord's ways are above our ways. And that ultimately our spiritual health is more important Although, and again, it's not to deny at all to bring about real practical healing on an emotional, spiritual, physical level for us. Powerful. powerful. I invite you just to look at the history of the church in many ways. Intercessory prayer has ended wars. Intercessory prayer has stopped plagues. Intercessory prayer has changed hearts, converted me. I'm a priest because people were praying for a priest. I'm absolutely convinced of it. I really don't know where I would be without it. So intercessory prayer changes things because we are open to God's movement, God's power in our life. Pray. Pray the rosary in a particular way. Pray the stations of the cross. our, Our red missile that we have in the chairs, if you come here at any point during the week or whatever, in the back of it on page 1040 is the way of the cross from Pope Benedict from 2005. We prayed it Friday. It is beautiful and powerful. Pray with the scriptures. What are we praying for? A containment of an end to the virus, a healing of those who have contracted, eternal repose of those who have died. We pray for the medical workers, the family members who are caring for the ill, the economic impact and the loss of jobs to be mitigated, right? Gosh, I mean, this is is a huge thing. Our leaders to be led by the wisdom of God for each of us to receive a deeper outpouring of the Lord's peace, which is beyond understanding, that God will bring about a greater building up of his kingdom and the salvation of souls in the midst of this. What is the second thing for us to do? Be faithful to your daily duty, as much as prudence allows. Like this is not a, like what we're we're asking us to do. And I speak in a particular way to our student population because this we're here. Like be faithful to your daily duty as much as student allows. And a few students will be like, well, gosh, like I don't have a job anymore. I don't have school anymore. <laughs> what am I gonna do? I'm like don't fall into the Netflix vortex. It will eat you alive. <laughs> Don't do it. Right? What, what What can the Lord like? We need to stay disciplined in caring for if you're a, a husband or wife or children or all these things. Like, you, be caring for our daily duty. If you can if you, if you're still going to work, go to work. Do our duty well, right? If, if I'm a student, you got a couple of weeks off here at LSU, but then, like, be preparing for your studies and study well. This is not like school is over. Like, it's really different reality. We need to press in and discipline and just be faithful to our daily duty. To be disciplined, too, as well. Like, again, if the Internet, super awesome, super amazing. Use it for good. You have a free resource. You go on our website. You can sign up for forms.org. There are so many talks and books and Bible studies that are free. This is an opportunity to learn about the depth and the riches of our Catholic faith. Do it. What a gift. How can you, if there's a way, right, that we can care for others to do those things, exercise uh, so many things. But if again, watch out because the enemy wants to use this free time, quote, quote, you know, like busy like, I got this free time. Well, like, because now I'm, I'm quarantined or whatever it is. Don't, like, if you need to know about the pornography stuff, listen to my homily last week, right? There's going to be extra temptation for all this silliness and these crazy things. Let us be disciplined in our mind and our thoughts and the use of our time. Fourth, um, or oh, that third was a good use of my time, with our daily duty, good use of my time. The fourth, serve those in need as best I can, right? Things are different and normal, but how can I in prudence, in prudence, and maybe that's just donating to organizations like St. Vincent de Paul that are helping people, but how can I in prudence serve those who are in need and prepare myself to serve those who are going to be in greater need when however this affects them uh, uh, in in health-wise or economically when this is over. Preparing myself to serve and to serve as best I can in this moment. Fifth, be on mission. How can you in your life in creative ways, like the Holy Spirit is infinitely creative. How can you proclaim the gospel through your life and in a practical way to people who need to hear it. Again, lots of people are confused and hurting and all the things. And how can we be rooted in Christ and the peace beyond all understanding and proclaim his gospel by our lives and by a practical proclamation? Again, the Holy Spirit is creative, infinitely creative. So ask him in this time, in this this different life that we're living in this moment, how can you do that? And God's going to be like, sweet, I will answer that prayer. Let's get creative. He loves it. The sixth thing, be obedient to proper authority, right? We mentioned that a little bit already. What are ways in which the um, medical officials, government officials are asking us to do things, whether you agree with them or not. Nobody's asking us to do anything immoral out of an abundance of caution. Uh, just be obedient. And this obedience is sanctifying. It's a recognition that I don't know everything, that I'm not in complete control, and it's sanctifying when we're just simple, simple, proper things. In prudence, right? In prudence. So I want to end with reading Romans 8, uh, 28, 31 through 39. In the midst of this kind of returning to this piece. This is St. Paul, and I invite you to pray with us again through this week. We know that all things work for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. So we were talking about earlier, all things, not some things, all things. What then shall we say to this? Is God is for us? Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but handed him over us for us all, how will he not also give us everything else along with him? Who will bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who acquits us, who will condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, rather was raised, who also is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us, what will separate us from the love of Christ? Will anguish anguish, or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being slain all the day. We are looked upon as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we conquer overwhelmingly through him who loved us. Right, It's not we survive. It's not that we get along. We conquer overwhelmingly with Christ. Conquer overwhelmingly. For I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor present things, nor future things, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. We're in the midst of an unprecedented response, at least in my lifetime uh, in our country. There's a lot of practical things that we need to do to mitigate as much as we can the effect of the virus on a physical level, economic level, all, all the things as best we can, the health health aspect. Really, really important. Let's bring in mind, too, like surrendering all of these things to the Lord Jesus and know that whatever happens, right, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord, and that nothing can separate us from the love of God. So we entrust ourselves to him and pray the prayer, receiving the grace of the Lord's peace, that his peace can give us a peace beyond understanding, that in the midst of this, Lord, let us be instruments of your grace and mercy, of you bringing about a greater good and, and a greater salvation in our lives and the lives of others than if this never would have happened. And please, God, right, mitigate mitigate the health effects. We would just no more, um, you know, as much as we can, Lord, just come and, and, and bring healing and bring grace and bring an end to this reality. We pray for the salvation of the souls of those who have died. Um, yeah, but the, Jesus is Lord, and nothing... Right, except our own free will can separate us from the love of God. So let us come to him and ask for mercy and forgiveness. Let us trust him with our lives completely. And let us believe in the power of the Eucharist, that God takes all things and brings about his glory through the power of the suffering, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ.